Welcome to my podcast where I talk about all things related to money, mindset, finance, business, and investing. My name is Royston Cumberbatch, a qualified accountant with over 30 years' experience in finance and business. All right, so welcome to another episode of the Financial Intelligence Mindset Podcast. We bring you different people with different backgrounds all the time. Today, I've got a, a man who's a specialist in the construction industry, uh, Robin Hayhurst from Hartfield. Oh, not Hartfield anyway, but it's from Hartfordshire. I know I, know I was going to say Hartfield. <laughs> um, obviously, he will say where he's from anyway. He, he, he's going to introduce himself and he will tell us all about how to run a successful construction uh, business because he himself has gone through the cycle of setting up businesses and has seen them fail. So, uh, Robin, if you can introduce yourself and tell us about your backstory. How did you first get into the construction business? And what are some of the lessons you've learned either from your father, who you said passed away this year, sadly? And uh, what are some of the things that, that you want to teach people who might be listening to this podcast? Well, um, hello. It's uh, nice to be on your podcast. Um, yes, I, I started in the industry at a very young age. I, I think I was, uh, I've got to keep quiet about this, but I was driving dumpers about 10 Wow. Uh, around so I, uh, even my father wasn't aware um because he, he was running the company at the time but his site managers let me jump on bumpers and yeah um so i kind of started literally on the tools um uh, as a kind of ground worker sweeping out houses and digging holes and all that kind of stuff um i progressed to uh get a very lucky break with um uh, another company um because I, I working for your father is, is great but you know, when you're kind of in your teens, you kind of don't want to do it. Um, I moved yeah. on to um, to uh, working for uh, it was actually a family friend <clears throat> who became a bit, bit of a mentor to me, um, and he trained me in everything. So I got trained in site management, uh, I got trained in uh, setting out engineering, um, surveying, buying, and architecture. And I was very th- always very very thankful to him for that. Uh, went out and worked for a few other companies uh, and then ended up back at the family company working with my father uh, in 1999. So, um, yeah, and my father then became a mentor and I was very grateful for that as well. And he was a fantastic mentor, uh, really taught me a lot. And he was an honest businessman. And I think that that's kind of really affected my approach. You know, honesty is is so important uh, to doing business and, you know, my great belief is that those that like to catch as cash can can go and work over there and I'll, I'll keep away from them. And those that want to do an honest day's graft and help people around them to make money um, can, can stay in my camp and we'll help each other. I love it. I love it. It's a great, a great introduction. So started at 10. I love it. Yeah. So normally I find that people who start working hard and doing stuff from the young age, tend to be quite successful because obviously hard work is ingrained in them. Now you mentioned the word mentor at least four times. Yeah. So thinking back, how important would you say is a mentor for someone who wants to run a successful business? How important is it to work with a mentor or even work with a coach? It's it's really important. There's a, there's a slight difference between coaching and mentoring. I mean, I do both. Um, it, what I do is combined. Uh, coaching is more about kind of easing you into the right direction and letting you find your way. Mentoring is a little bit more kind of given direction and um, telling you what to do. Um, and then the, kind of that kind of goes into consultancy, really, which is telling you what to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but mentors are really, really important. Um, you know, there's such a big failure rate um, 
in the world, really. I, mean, I was about to say the UK, but I, I, I'm quite happy to work with anyone anywhere. Um, but, uh, you know, there's such a big failure rate of companies in construction development. Uh, and that's because people can make mistakes. They're normally large money mistakes. Um, you know, it doesn't take a lot for a footing to go wrong or something that's kind of you invested got a bit of money in. Um, or for you to, you know, do something with your cash flow and not get it right or not understand the figures or whatever, and you fail. Uh, and it is quite a high percentage. Um, so, uh, you know, having a mentor that can actually, uh, and someone from outside the company who's not kind of involved emotionally in what you're doing, who can guide you and try and get you around those um, mistakes that, that are easily made um, is imperative. You know, it's it's a very very important part of doing business. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I I must agree. You know, I think having a mentor, even modeling someone, I uh, someone who's been successful, just understudying them. You know, understanding what they do to be successful, I think really really helps. Good, good, good. So, uh, yourself, uh, can you tell us more about like you know getting into business and what what are some of the lessons you've learned as a young boy growing up about running a business, you know, and that anyone who's going to business now at a young age, that they should really be queued up on how to really run a successful business. Yeah, I mean, it, I hear a lot of people talk about running successful businesses and, and particularly um, people who take over second generation. Uh, and you ask them, you know, what do they want to do the business? And they say, well, we want to, we want to keep exactly the same. That kind of doesn't work. Um, if your business isn't growing and thriving, it's, it's dying. It might be a slow death, but it's dying. Um, you can't keep things the same. Everything changed. I think that's one of the mistakes I made in taking over the family business, um, which ultimately failed. It was, it, it was to do with the bad contracts. You know, um, I, I would say totally my fault, but there are other factors involved. But, um, but what I didn't do is change enough of it. And when I did start changing, it was too late. Um, and I think you know, looking at it and how it works and understand the figures and all that kind of thing really helps you make those decisions about how you change your business. But also having a really, really good professional team around you. Now, that's not just the people who work for you. That's kind of one team, and that's really important. It's really important to build that team in the right way from the very beginning. But also the professionals you have around you, the solicitors, um, uh, you know, and the planners, the other professionals you need in business to associate with the right ones and pay the right money. You know, it's a big investment, but if you're going to enter into a contract, for God's sake, get a solicitor to check the contract. You know, it might be 500 quid, it might be a grand, but, you know, that could save you hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah, I understand. So you're saying that um, one of the reasons why you potentially think that your business failed or your family business failed in the past is that not adapting to change quickly. I guess it's something like the, um, the the blockbuster versus Netflix scenario. You know what I mean? Obviously, blockbuster was this big business on the high street, had all these stores everywhere. Netflix came on the new kid on the block, and they decided to do it a bit different. Obviously, Netflix is the wrong today. Blockbuster is not a wrong. Um, you know what I mean? I think some businesses, I think, as you said, they're very they're slow to change, and sometimes they actually get left behind. Yeah, well, I call it the wood for the tree syndrome. Yeah. Um, you're, you're passionately involved in a business. You want it to succeed, but you've got no one sitting there kind of giving you a, a rational look at it. You're emotionally involved in what you're doing. Um, and I think, you know, uh, Blockbusters, Netflix, good example. Someone in that video, you know, 
place must have gone, yeah, yeah, no, we're going to, people are going to, I'm convinced, I'm convinced, but they were wrong. And they had no one going, no, you're talking rubbish. You know, online is going to be the thing. It's going to stream down in, in ultra HD. People are not going to want to, to rent videos, DVDs, whatever. Um, and they, there was no one kind of doing that, I expect. Um, and they couldn't, they were passionately involved in their business um, and the, they kind of didn't see see it coming. And I think that's the problem. You know, it, a business owner, it's a very lonely place to be. And I think someone who speaks honestly with you um, without that emotional involvement in your business, it's a rare thing. And it's, it's something that every business, business owner needs. If only just, just to offload. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yes, I agree. So think back about your business or your family business. I mean, what are some of the key kind of information or things that you would look at to make a decision whether or not the business is going good or bad? What are some of the key, um, if you want to call it metrics or, yeah, just the key indicators, things that you might have looked at, numbers or just anything that you might have looked at to say, yeah, we need to change. Yeah, I'm not, I think that the main tool I used was uh, a cash flow forecast. Yeah. Um, based on an Excel spreadsheet. I do one for all my clients. They, they um, have a standard template, which is easy to fill out. You know, it's not meant to be the most accurate tool in the world. You know, it's not an accountancy tool. It's designed to look at the future of your company over the next two years, what's happening, and what happens if you change something. What happens if you win that big contract? What happens if you lose that big contract? Um, what happens if, you know, in a year's time you're bigger? Have you got enough money to employ another contract manager? Playing those scenarios out on various copies of a cash flow forecast gives you a much better idea of where you're going. Um, and I think, you know, that is a big problem with some businesses. They're, they're, they're a bit like a ship. They're, they're going, they've got their sales trimmed. They're going really, really fast. But actually, they don't know where they're going. <laughs> Um, so, you know, unless you've kind of got an A, you, you think about a sailboat, it zigzags to its um, its destination. Mm. Well, if you're going really, really fast and you haven't got a destination, you just carry on one direction and that could be completely the wrong direction. In a business, you've got to keep on, you've got to keep, keep the speed up, you've got to keep trimming your sails, you've got to keep looking at the business, but you've also got to know where you're heading for. I like so, that. I like that uh, scenario quite a lot. And, I, and, 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 you know, it's great speaking to you. Obviously, I spoke to you a little bit before we started hitting the, the record button. And, um, and, you know, I like the fact that you came up and talked about the cash flow forecast, because even though it may not be an accurate prediction of where you're going to end up, but it gives you a sense of direction. And it gives you a sense of where you head into. And as you said, well, what you can then do is that you can take decisions to change, to influence you know, the outcomes, right? But if you just run the business and then you don't know what the cash flows look like, then you might just end up to a point whereby you actually run out of money, but you, did, but you didn't actually preempt it. So I do agree that a great tool is a cash flow forecast. So in, in, in your businesses in the past, the family business, I believe that you said that your, your family business went um, when it failed, right? Um, well, what are some of the main reasons why you think the family business had failed? Is it because of cash flow or is it because other things, I don't know, bad decisions? And in hindsight, in hindsight, what are some of the things that you would say, if you think back, that you should have had in place to avoid you from failing? Right. Well, that's a, a very emotional subject for me, but because um, it was my, my father started the business in 1969. As, as I said, he, he passed away 
this year. But no, I've analysed this many, many times um, and looked at it. And it was a combination of things, you know, lots of things adding up to a big thing. So having the wrong team around me, that was that was quite important. Um, I was in occasions abdicating, not delegating, um, which you know makes a huge difference in what you're doing. Having the right systems in place. Um, th- there was lots of things that added up. Not having the right professional people around me as well. So we entered into a contract. I think we hadn't really sat down and worked out the risk in that contract. Yeah, yeah. Um, the construction went bad the contract didn't protect us uh, and it should have i mean what in hindsight and hindsight's a wonderful thing i should have gone i'm not signing this yeah it, it doesn't protect us enough we, we were you know a reasonably sized company but we just come through a recession we didn't have loads of money behind us and uh yeah and i i, I think then we did have a the, the client side the whole team changed the new team came in had a bit of history with, with one of the guys there. The whole relationship changed. So it became very adversarial as a relationship rather than nurturing and helpful. Um, so you add all those up um, and uh, we ended up kind of failing because we didn't get paid uh, one month. Um, and yeah. there's there's two sides to every story. That of course, there is. Um, but yeah, so I kind of analysed that because what, what I try and help my clients do is avoid getting in a situation like that. And they come to me and say, what should I do here? What should I do? You know, should I go and get advice? Should I, should I? And I go, yeah. You know, I tell them where they should go, what they should do, um, um, and how to avoid that. And I'm passionate about stopping anyone else going through that. It was a horrendous thing for us because unlike some people who go bust on purpose, it suits them financially, we went down kicking and screaming. I understand. Yeah. Trying to save the company. Uh, and my father really never recovered. And um, unfortunately, as I said, he, he died of COVID in January. Um, uh, and it was his baby. I mean, my, my mother always said if they ever got divorced, that she'd name the company as the, the mistress. So, um, you know, it was his life passion. Uh, and, you know, it, it was a difficult thing. We went on and ran another company. And I think people look at you bounce back. And they uh, and they kind of go, oh, you know, that's that was easy. I bet they had a bit of money behind them. <laughs> yeah, it, it was bloody hard work, and emotionally, it was hard work. And I think it was it was hard work in so many ways because we felt we'd let some people down. No one went bust. I was going bust. We really worked hard to make sure that that happens. None of our subcontractors um, they lost a bit of money, but they didn't lose enough to make themselves go bust. We, we were quite proud that we kind of hung in there and made that happen for them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, generally, um, it was really hard to build the other company. Uh, and that was just a purely construction company. But we did, you know, we, we, we were doing about 12 to 14 million a year as um, the family company, and the construction company is doing about three and a half. So, okay. you know, they're a reasonable size. I mean, not, not huge. I mean, small in the, in, in the realm of things, but um it was a good platform to, to to learn from. And I think in building the construction company up again, that was really interesting in lots of ways. And that's kind of, I suppose, changed my passion. And my passion now is to help other people. I got it. I got it. So look, thanks a lot. I know as you said, it's a very emotional subject for digging deep and telling us about that experience. Um, I think you shared quite 
quite a bit there. So just to move on in a more positive sense, I mean, talk to us about any, I know the biggest success you've had, say, in, in, in the construction business yourself, you know, as a, I don't know, as a, as a, yeah, I mean, what are some of the biggest success you've had? Things that you think, wow, that I, I'm really happy that that worked out that way. And, and why you think, what's some of the factors that actually influenced that? Right, okay. Um, well, it comes back, I, I can tell you my great, the one I'm most proud of. Yeah. Um, there's most probably a development we did um, in a local village. And I got approached by someone who was introduced to me. Uh, and they said, um, look, you know, I've got a garden. I think we can fit a house in the garden. <laughs> uh, my neighbours offered me, um, you know, 10 grand for this garden. Can you, can you, if you paid 14, I'd, I'd let you have it. So I looked at it and I said, well, I have to go away and do my calculations. So I came back and I said, I'm really sorry. I, I can't offer you 14 grand. And he said, well, would you offer me 12? I said, no, I'll offer you 75,000. And he went, why? I said, because that's what it's worth. Um, and we did really well at that job. You know, we did really, really well. We built some, uh, and the neighbour ended up selling me his garden as well because he heard what we'd done with this guy. Yeah. <clears throat> and that honesty kind of put us in good stead. And really on the back of that kind of feedback from people, we got introduced to quite a few sites. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we did really well out of them. We also specialised um, in what uh, I think the Americans call empty nesters. We call them empty nesters, but not so commonly in the UK. Yeah. Um, really got that product to to be absolutely right. And we did a couple of sites with, with empty nesters, which um, really, really went well. Um, so we, we, we did we were doing extremely well until the 2008 recession. Um, and, uh, you know, and we battled up until 2015 after that recession, which which was, you know, fighting banks, fighting everybody. Um, and we, we made it, you know, we would have made it. We, you know, there was a good chance we, we, we could have got past 2015, but we didn't. You know, I think we were doing extremely well. When the recession hit, um, we had eight, eight houses sold, reserved. And we said, well, it's not going to affect us. All eight dropped out, couldn't get a mortgage. So it was a, that was a big deal really that hit us. But no, those little developments, uh, we did bigger developments. We did kind of 14, 15, 16 houses, 20 houses. Um, but little developments sometimes I really love because um, it's a little deal, makes a big difference to the, the, the house owner uh, that's selling you know, the, the plot to you. Uh, yeah. And you get to build a really nice little product uh, that someone else's cherishes at home. Um, and the kind of thing we built had solid first floors, underfloor heating, walk-in showers. You no, know, it was top end of the market. I got it. I got it. So that's wow. Well, well, well done, man. You, you, you seem to have done quite well as you said you know going after the neighbor's garden and actually and the big thing that you actually said is being honest being honest and honesty has paid off quite a bit you know what i mean yeah. Uh, yeah so i mean you can never say you won't end up benefiting more than you should have a deal but yeah. i would never set out to do so yeah honesty versus greed it's a big, yeah. big it's a big big takeaway so now today so you because of all the lessons you learned all the successes you've had you run your own uh, construction coaching business. Can you talk to us a bit about your coaching business and maybe why someone would want to work with you, um, or why someone should? Yeah, why should someone who has a construction business should want to work with you to kind of yeah to really make it even bigger and better? Well, as I said earlier, it's a big failure rate in in the industry. Yeah, it's not complicated. It, it's Generally, people come into the industry or or start their company because they've got a trade background. 
So yeah. it might be a plumber, there might be a ground worker, uh, and they, they move it. They ne- don't necessarily have the skills to run the company. Yeah. Um, and the skills you're talking about are, you know, knowing how to run a cash flow forecast, nine day plan, um, you know, consistency. Consistency is so important in business. If you've got a system, run it. I see so many yeah. systems yeah. fail because they come up with a fantastic system and no one runs it. Yeah. They go, oh, that's no good. Well, yeah, it doesn't run itself, the system. Simplicity yeah. is really important in business. Um, so I work with people, and um, I think the other thing that, that's important around working with people is a, vi- a, a business is a vehicle for someone's life. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not something in its, its own right. So, you know, it's I often say to people, what's your five-year plan? What Where do you want to be in five years? And they tell me all about the business about the turnover, the profit. But actually what I'm asking is what is their five-year plan? Yes, Where do yes. they want to be in five years' time? Now, if they want to earn so much out of the business, that affects the size the business needs to be. So, you know, it's not just about growing. It's about growing to fit your lifestyle. And I think that's quite an important thing in businesses, you know, part of this knowing where you're going is, first of all, you work out where you as a person want to go. Yeah. And then you can fit your business around you and find out where your business needs to go. Um, so we do all that with clients. We get them in the right mindset to work hard on their business. Um, but we, we like people who work hard. Mm-hmm. It's more important they work smart because working, you know, 16 hour days, six days a week is not working smart. Um, it's not sustainable. Um, and it, in the long run, it will affect your mental health. It will affect your ability to run the business. So by putting systems, simple systems in place, um, understand what you're doing, get in control of your business. You know, you can get your kind of work-life balance corrected. Yeah. Um, and then grow, as, as I said earlier, you know, businesses have to grow. Yeah. They can't sit still. They've got to grow. So then have a plan to grow your business. How are you going to do it safely? Because growth is also dangerous. Yes, I agree. Of course, because you can grow too fast and uncontrolled. Yeah, and that kind of stuff. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So obviously, so within uh, your construction uh, coaching business, I mean, um, uh, I mean, have you had some um, great case studies of people who you've helped? I mean, can you maybe share one case study of someone big, or just someone who started small and they're big today, or just just someone who you helped who might have failed? Um. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's various small stories. I mean, I've been doing this for two years, so you okay. know, we're still working with people and we're, we're building their businesses. We have had people go from a couple hundred thousand pound turnover to over a million. Uh, you know, I'm not going to boast and say that was me. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I'm sure that it helped. Um, you know, these are hardworking people that can uh, know where they need to go and we're just steering them. Um I have come across people who have got a pricing structure and they don't know why. And in fact, it happens a lot. You know, yeah. what's your day work rate? I say, what, what what rate do you base all your pricing work on someone who's working on site? And they go, well, you know, so-and-so is charging 20. So we, we thought we'd be better. So we charge 25. And, and I say to them, well, why? Do you know why? Have you calculated? Have you gone through the process of calculating what that rate is? And they haven't. So actually, they could be making a loss on that rate. They wouldn't know. So I think one of the big things that we've done with people is make them understand their figures. And when they come up with a rate, an hourly rate, we help them calculate it. In fact, I've just designed a spreadsheet to do that as well. Um, 
and we allow them to kind of work it out and then they know what, what their profit is. They can follow their profit. And I think a lot of the subcontractors and contractors we've worked with have got this problem where they just make it up. You know, what profit do they, they charge? Well, there's a difference between um, a markup, um, which is one thing, um, but then, you know, the, the profit as a percentage of the invoice is something else. And someone could be talking about a markup and someone else is talking about the kind of the more um, uh, accountancy profit. Imagine, uh, imagine. The margin, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a big difference. Of course, of course. Yes. And I, I, I actually agree. Yeah, I actually agree. Yeah. Some, some people think markup is margin. It's not. It's not. As you said, one is a markup on cost and one is a percentage of the profit. Yeah, yeah. So someone making, you know, as you know, someone making um, a 20% margin and a 20% markup, they're making different profits. Correct. It is different. Um, it but, is different. But, but a lot of people in our industry don't know that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, so, 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 so you hit home to kind of something really, really fundamental, which is like what I talk a lot about the podcast about is the financial intelligence mindset, right? It's a mindset to want to know it. Why do you think that some of the people don't want to, not not, not they don't want to know it, but why do you think that some people in the industry who runs businesses don't necessarily even know the numbers or know these metrics or know these things? Why do you think okay. is, yeah, why do you think is that? I know exactly what it is. I mean, they they tend to have an accountant, and that's the accountancy. That's accountancy. I'm a builder. I, I don't do that. That's accountancy. And, and that's their kind of approach, and they they will sit there, and the accountants might, might have a meeting with once a year and go through what they've done and, you know, and explain the figures. And they might understand or might not understand. Um, and they go on and do it all again <laughs> the next year. They think that's an accountant's, you know, job uh, and if you run the business you've got to know your figures if you don't know your figures you're in problems and i think also the other thing that, that stops them is particularly people that are in a bit of distress in their company they don't want to know the figures in case it's bad news yeah. well surprisingly enough every time i've kind of looked at figures it's always been much better news than they think yeah yeah and then you can turn it around and sort it out if you bury your head in the sand which is a very common thing to do, uh, you know, you're not going to get out of anywhere and you're not going to change the things you need to change. Um, so I think those two reasons really are why people don't take control of their figures, understand them, and they should be enjoying them. You know, yeah. um, I mean, a good comparison to that is figures are your scoreboard. Yeah. If you go to a football or rugby match, there's no scoreboard, you don't know what the score is, how enjoyable is the match? It'd be pretty boring, you know, but, you know, the same thing with running a business. If you've got your targets, you've got those targets to hit, you've got a scoreboard, you know, put it up on the wall, put up your target, what turnover you want, what, what profit you want, whatever you want to choose as your target, as your scoreboard, and then try and hit it and just show, you know, show that you've hit it and then put the new target out. Like I said, if you go to, uh, if you go to a, a sports match and there's no scoreboard, um, I think you'd uh, and you didn't know where who'd scored where and you know everything else. Um, it'd be a bit difficult to follow. Yeah, and you know you said something really really fundamental, and uh, and I'm so happy that you came on today and you started sharing some stuff. Yeah, of course it's about the construction industry, etc. But at the heart of it, you came something which which I myself am really passionate about, 
obviously educating people on the importance of knowing the numbers. And you as a, as a construction industry coach, you've seen businesses fail. I mean, for, for various reasons, you know, but ultimately you hit them on something really important. A lot of people who are in construction or people who are maybe tradesmen, because I actually work with a few of those in the past, they have an accountant. And as far as they're concerned, doing the books, knowing the numbers is the accountant job. Their job is a technical job. Their job is to know the construction side. Their job is to know the side of doing the plumbing, the whatever it is, right? But oftentimes, they really don't, as you said as well, they don't know if they're winning or losing. And as one of my mentors said, it's someone I actually follow quite a lot. And he said, going back to the scorecard scenario, he said, the financials are your scorecard. I completely agree. But he said, if you don't know the score, or you cannot read the scorecard, you don't know if you're winning or losing. And that's true. And you also said something quite important. You said that some of them, maybe they might know how to read the score, but they don't want to know the score in case they're losing. So they just kind of approach it with like, I don't know, a bit of like, uh, yeah, just, yeah, just don't tell me the bad news. Just keep the bad news to yourself, you know, which is not the way to run your business, right? You want to know, you want to know what the score is. You want to know if you're winning or losing so you can make decisions, that can give you the kind of result that you want. So I like that. So with that in mind, actually, I'm going to ask you this question, which I ask on every of my podcasts. In your mind or in your thinking, what do you understand by the word financial intelligence? What does that mean to you? And how important it is, you think, as a construction coach, how important is it, you think, for your clients to be financially intelligent? Uh, fundamental. I mean, it's something that some people avoid. It's understanding your figures. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it, you know, and your figures allow you to make decisions, the right decisions for your business. And your business will not forever be on an upward trajectory. It will not, you know, there'll be times when it dips, there'll be times when it changes. And you've got to then, going back to the sailboat thing, change change things, change how your sails are to get the best out of the environment you're, you're sailing in. Um, and your financial kind of intelligence is uh, is really the kind of the barometer for that and how to move move things forward. Um, so if you're not forever adjusting what you're doing, you know, you will never hit the perfect um, path and stay on it. Yeah, yeah. There'll always be a wobble because you've got the environment around you and that, that will change. We have loads of recessions. We have changes in um, laws. We have changes in materials we have you know loads of things so you forever got to be ready to circumnavigate these things and just change direction it might be a little bit but but you can only do that and make the right decisions if you've got financial intelligence great great answer great answer yeah i, I love it i love it um and let's move on a little bit so in terms of yourself i mean i mean um let's move on i mean what do you think in your mind i mean what what what, what do you think a wealth mindset is and, and, how, and, and how important is it as a business owner, as an investor, to have a wealth mindset, a wealth? A wealth mindset. Yes, yes. Yeah. What do you think that means to you? I mean, some of your experience, a wealth mindset. A work mindset or wealth? Wealth, wealth. W-E-A-L-T-H. A wealth mindset. Wealth. Wealth mindset. Or okay. rich. 
or a rich mindset or or uh, oh yeah. right so wealth sorry that's all right that's all right that's, that's, that's the problem with zoom isn't it yeah yeah no, it's, <laughs> right, it's, no. no, no it's, it's, it's my accent it's my accent put it bring it to my no, accent. no no you haven't got an accent <laughs> i can't i can't but no a wealth a wealth mindset um i think a wealth mindset is really important um, because that goes back to this part I'm talking about where people want to, where they want to go. Yeah. You know, and I've always been taken by this saying, you know, if you aim for the stars and miss, you're still pretty, pretty, pretty way up there, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, I think it's something like aim for the stars and, you know, don't aim for the moon and hit it. Um, so I think wealth mindset is very much, you know, that kind of take is that if you believe you can do something um, and then which opens a whole new kind of worms really, because um, yeah. that, that's imposter syndrome comes in and all kinds of things for people. But if you can believe you can, you can do something, you'll be surprised. You, you most probably can. Um, uh, but it's just not doing it blindly. It's being open to, um, to adjust in your course though, um, I think is important. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, loads of people suffer from imposter syndrome, which is which is a huge barrier to people kind of reaching their potential um, and kind of hitting the stars. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense to me. All right. So going back to your uh, 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 your your construction industry coaching business, have you got a program? I mean, can you talk us through like if someone um, heard this podcast and it goes, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. This this guy. You know, Robin Hayhurst, he, he's, 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 he's on the money. I mean, I think you're on the money. I think you are, you, you are, I mean, serious. Just speaking to you, I think, man, every, I mean, I'm, and it's funny because where I do this podcast is that there is no script. It is a conversation. We're having a conversation right now. There is no script. There's no preempted questions. I didn't send you any questions before. We're just doing this cold. Um, um, I've never spoken to you before until today. And you're just speaking from your heart, from your from your experience. So what I was going to ask you is that: Do you have a um, a program or not? Let's say a program. Do you have a structure that you take people through, or if, or if someone was listening to this and they goes, "Yeah, I'm a tradesman, or I'm in the construction industry. I want to talk to this guy." Um, can can you give them a flavor of what you might be taking them through, or what they might be doing with you? Obviously, without giving it all away. <laughs> well, uh, you honestly can't give uh, 30 years of experience away in, in two minutes. So it's correct, uh, correct, correct. But correct. Um, yeah, I, I run, um, I do one to one coaching, uh, which is generally for larger companies um, because it's reasonably expensive. You know, it's uh, uh, the investment's quite high because it takes a lot of my time. But I wanted to do something for the kind of tradesmen starting a business and the um, also the tradesmen that have been running a business a few years and it just hasn't really got to where they want to go and they want some help. So I've started groups, group coaching, only three months ago. Yep, well done, well done. And that's taken off quite well. Uh, we go through, um, you know, financials, how to control financials. We go through teams, teamwork. Uh, we go through 90 day plans. Um, it's a three month uh, course. Um, and uh, at the moment, because it's uh, it's new, I've only started up three months. I'm actually throwing in some, some one-to-ones with me, uh, which are quite valuable because we can really get to the nitty gritty. Um, but they are small groups. I'm only kind of allowing six people in the group um, so that I can spend time with people uh, and, 
what I'm about and what I really want to do is allow my clients and get them to succeed. I want them to succeed in business uh, and do well. Um, so I'm passionate, really, at the end of the three months, they can um, see a lot clearer view and have some processes in place, um, which will help them. And there, there are different ways of them carrying working with me and, and and have access to me after the three months as well. So, um, yeah, we we do that. And I, I love it. I absolutely adore it. Um, you know, I'm paid good money, uh, admit that, to help people. Well, you know, you can't get a lot better than that in a job. And when I see people succeed uh, through what we've taught them, uh, and I see that a lot, um, it really is a good feeling. Man, it's amazing. I mean, Robin, um, you know, Robin, it's just amazing how the universe works, right? Because here I am. I mean, obviously, I met you on LinkedIn. I, I reached a few people on LinkedIn. Um, you know, and I have a few people who come onto my podcast all the time. I got a few people in the pipeline. I got a few to edit anyway. Uh, so there, there, there is no shortage of people um, to do podcasts. But when I actually just talking to you today, it's like there's real synergy. I launched my, po- I launched my group coaching program um, earlier this year. It is a three-month program. It's a smaller group of people. And I'm actually helping people as well to be successful. You know what I mean? So when you're talking, it's like, right, this guy is, you know, singing my tune and and effectively. And I was also in some one-to-one sessions as well. And I'm really, really passionate, passionate about helping these people to be successful. To like, you know, to like, I mean, last night I was there with them and I was talking about marketing and I was talking about them. I was just the importance of having an online presence, not, not, not just having a business brand, but having a personal brand behind their business. Because often in business, people want to know who is the person behind the brand and what is his personality? Because people do business with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so, I, I, I can totally see that. And I bet you come across the same kind of people that, that they've put websites up. They've got a Facebook page and they're wondering why they've got no business because that's all they've done. They, yeah. They've statically done this uh, and they don't understand really what they need to do. And um, yeah, it's, it's a lovely feeling to bear to kind of change their world for them and, uh, and get them on the right path uh, and then see them succeed and grow. I agree. I agree. So talk about so RH and Robin Hayhurst. So if someone wanted to contact you, where can they find you? I mean, are you on Instagram or you on I mean, where is your, where is the best place, the best that so someone can go and find you and book a call with you or get onto your group or training program? Yeah, where can they find you? Right. Um, well, the best place to find most of is my website. Um, you can contact me through that, which is uh, robinhayhurst.com. So it's really yeah. simple. Um, so there is a contact button through there where you can book a short uh, chat with me. Um, I run webinars every month. Uh, they normally advertise on LinkedIn uh, and, and elsewhere. I've got a Facebook group, which you can join for free. Um, it's called From uh, Building Site to Business Owner. Yeah. Um, so you can join for it. And I try, I tr- try not to bombard people with advertising in there. I try and give them a bit of value um and see if we can teach them a few things so that's uh you can you're welcome to join that um and i've got a facebook page and i'm on instagram as well so i'm everywhere really that's good that's good that's good yeah so obviously um it'd be great if you can just send me a paragraph or two about you with those with those information you know what i mean so i can put in the show notes as we call it you know and i can because i publish this on linkedin i publish it on 
on Instagram, probably on Facebook, you know, so people are going to hear you. As I said, the people are more and more people are listening to the podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully someone who, who listens and hears this and, and will, 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 will contact you. Look, um, you know, it's been such a pleasure, you know, I'm talking to you and, um, and, and learning as well some of the stuff that, that you do and, and, and how you actually help people. So, I mean, in, in terms of your outlook, because you, you talk about having a wealth mindset, having a vision, what would you say is your, your, your five-year outlook? I mean, what's your vision? My vision is to help as many people um, in the industry as possible and to get the failure rate of companies down. Um, I don't really want anyone to go through what I went through. Uh, so, you know, that's my passion and my driving force. Um, my, my, my vision is to be the go-to person. Um, I, I'm doing the UK at the moment. I feel, I feel what I know is very relevant in, in the US as well um, and all over the world. Um, construction is construction. I mean, what I haven't said is I, I, I'm a chartered builder, so I'm qualified in building. Uh, I've got a degree in building, building management. So, you know, I've got quite a good background in construction. And, um, you know, I'm hoping to be kind of the go-to, go-to guy um, for anyone in the world who wants help to build their business. Cool. Well, Robin, it's, it's, I want to give you a massive, massive thanks for coming on and, um, and sharing. And I hope that uh, you'll achieve your endeavors of helping many businesses who are in the construction industry. As you said, from building side, is it from building side to business owner? The business owner. I like this a lot. From building side to build the business owner. Hopefully, yeah. you will help some people who are on the building side right now who wants to go into business to become a business owner. Because what, what, what I see even here, where I'm right now, obviously in the Caribbean and Grenada, there are many people who are on building sites, literally. For 20 years, they got money. I even got a friend. He got land. He got money. He, he knows construction, but he's not building anything. It's like, mm. it's like why not? I think a lot, of, a lot of the thing to do is to do with your mindset, your wealth mindset, you know? Um, you know, you right. prefer to, you, you prefer to work for others than you prefer to have someone work for you. So I think you can actually help someone like him and, and you can help others. So I want to say a massive thank you for coming on and I want to wish you the very best Wishes in your endeavours and speak to you soon. Oh, thank you for having me, Royston. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find out more about me by Googling my name, Royston Cumberbatch. I'm on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube as Roy Cumberbatch. And if you are listening on YouTube, please hit that a subscribe button or you can find me on my website at www.racmac.com that's r-a-c-m-a-c-s dot com it'd be great to hear from you and do feel free to tell me about any topics you want me to cover on future episodes until next time be good to yourself and others keep positive and reaching for your financial goals bye-bye